You know, if you're awkward, it means, hey, you're alive, right? Praise the Lord. I have a chance to be awkward. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Well, here we go. Today we're beginning in the book of Acts. I'm excited. I'm pumped. It's going to be awesome. Uh, As you guys probably know this, the book of Acts, it's a continuation. You can think of it as a two-volume work. What was the first volume if there's a two-volume work? Anyone know? Bible scholars out there? Luke. Do you remember Luke? Like, we finished Luke in the, I think it was in the spring. Some of you were so excited that I finished Luke, you even bought a cake. Do you remember the Luke cake? That's actually edible. You were so excited after years upon years upon years of Pastor Dan going verse by verse by verse, you said, we're going to eat cake. And here we are into the second volume, Acts. I want to encourage you as much as you can, show up, engage Press in, be a part of this. God is doing something here. I'm excited about what he's doing. And this book of Acts is going to be amazing. Also, some of you are really going to love what I'm about to say. Uh, I, yeah, you already, you said woo before I even said it. Uh, We are booking through Acts way faster than we did through Luke. So I just want to say, here's, I was like, we're going through the whole first chapter today. Like one chapter, I I know, in one day. So for, for those of you that, felt like Luke got a little painful. You're welcome ahead of time. So here we go. Let's read the Word of God. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. So he's talking about uh, Luke that we went through. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them. He gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Did you catch that? Jesus, after his suffering, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared over a period of 40 days. He spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave this command. Listen to this. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but you've got to wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, yeah, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I love his answer. He says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you, my disciples, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Can I get a praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. He's coming back. Verse 12, then the apostles, they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Look who's present, church. There's Peter and John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, son of James. They're all joined together constantly in prayer. What that must have looked like. Constantly in prayer along with the women, right? It wasn't just men. The women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and even Jesus' brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers... There's about 120 people there. And he said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. 
With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. I'm glad we dismissed the kids already. Wow. Uh, Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is field of blood. For, says Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. This is so good. I love this. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. So, Lifespring, did you catch what I said at the very beginning? In case you haven't heard the news, and it is good news, right at the beginning we're told that Jesus is alive. Please remember, Jesus is alive. He's so alive. In verse 3, it tells us that after his resurrection, he spends 40 days walking and talking. He's confirming, right, convincing proofs that he's alive. He's appearing, talking about the kingdom of God. And however things might be going right now in your life, may you have this settled, settled in your heart, settled in your mind that Jesus is alive. And nothing and no one can ever take that away from you. So Jesus is alive. But then he gives some interesting instructions, doesn't he? Look, and they're pretty specific. He says, listen, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait there and wait for the gift, right? The gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, right? John baptized with water, but in a few days, listen, wait, because in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to pause there for just a second, because up to this point, these followers of Jesus, they've been through a lot. I would say it's an emotional roller coaster. I'd say it could, uh, you could say it was a stormy season. Remember, these are just ordinary Jewish people who are chosen by Jesus to be his disciples. And they said, what to following Jesus? They said, yes, I'll go. And they dropped everything and they followed Jesus. Now, following Jesus at first is pretty awesome. I mean, during Jesus' earthly ministry, Jesus is the man. I mean, he feeds 5,000 people. He's healing people. He's helping people walk. He's helping people talk. He's helping people see. He's even raising dead people back to life. Like at the beginning, as a disciple, you're kind of like, hey, I'm with this guy, right? Hashtag Team Jesus. Woo! But then... You remember that scene when he goes into Jerusalem and he's riding on that donkey and everybody's waving those palm branches? Remember that one? We all know the story. Jesus is coming in. And there's a part of the disciples that are like, this is it, right? King Jesus, this is it. I hit the jackpot. I'm at the right place at the right time. My mom was wrong. She said I was wasting my life following Jesus. But I was right. Here we go. Hashtag Team Jesus. And you know the disciples were thinking this way because it says that they're even arguing about who's going to sit on his left and who's going to sit on his right. See, they didn't realize, even though he had told them, they didn't realize that Jesus' kingdom wasn't going to be established by defeating the Romans. It would be established by defeating sin and death through his death. 
through his death. The disciples didn't understand that part. So when Jesus died on the cross, it hit them hard. It hit them hard. They, they didn't think that's how it was going to go. Talk about a storm. They, they start freaking out. Peter even denies Jesus several times, denying that he even knows Jesus. Jesus' the disciples were told they begin to hide behind closed doors thinking if they killed Jesus, who's going to stop them from killing us? It's an emotional season for the disciples. Anybody here feel like you've been through an emotional season? Anybody here feel like you face some storms in this season? In the year 2021, you can just see it on people's faces, right? Just emotionally exhausted. And for a thousand different reasons, I'm not going to try to list them all and, and even try to talk about what you're facing. But I just want to acknowledge that what you're facing and what you're walking through is real. It's real, right? This isn't made up. This isn't fantasy world. This is real. Just like what the disciples were facing and walking through was real. Because again, Jesus' death is no little thing. That's not a little thing. They had given up everything, church. Have you ever given up everything before? They gave up everything to follow Jesus, but now he's gone, and so they're rattled and they're shaken to the core. But then Jesus raises from the dead. Jesus raises from the dead, and this is amazing. They're like, I thought he was gone, but now he's here, and he's talking with them. He's walking with them. He gets 40 days of just hanging out with them, and then he gives some specific instructions. Don't leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, and as I was reading that passage this week, please listen to what I'm about to say. Please follow with me. As I read that about waiting in Jerusalem, I just don't think that's what the disciples wanted to hear. Again, they've been through a lot, but now Jesus is alive. But I don't think what they wanted to hear from the resurrected Christ was, hey guys, wait. In fact, I know that's not what they wanted because the very next verse says, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Did you catch that? Almost like they're saying, yeah, you know, we've been through a lot, but, but now you're here, and so just do your thing. And, and, you know, maybe we had to wait a little longer than we thought. I mean, you had to go through that whole death and resurrection thing first, but hey, you're back. So now do your thing. No more waiting. Now establish your kingdom. Now kick out the Romans. Now let me sit on your left or on your right. But instead, Jesus says in a way, he says, no, not now, or at least not in the way that you thought. And he answers their question. He says, you know, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. It's not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You don't get to know the times and the dates my father set. But here's what you do get. You get to be my witnesses. You get to be a part of the greatest movement in the history of the world. You get the privilege, the opportunity, and the joy of telling the whole world about what I did on that cross and in that grave. And you get to do it all, not by your own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says all that, and then he's gone. Right? Verse 9. 
After that, he says it. He's taken up before their very eyes. A cloud hides him from their sight. Again, I hope you're tracking with me today. I don't think Jesus gives them the answer they wanted. He tells them to wait, and then he leaves. How encouraging is that? He tells them to wait, and then he leaves. And that's really hard. And can we acknowledge that that's really hard? Because this means, in many ways, that storm that these followers of Jesus have been facing, the storm isn't over. With his resurrection, the disciples were ready for the storm to be over. They yearned for him to just come in as the resurrected king, kick out the bad guys, and establish your kingdom. And instead, in a way, Jesus says, actually, the storm is still raging. But take heart. I have initiated my kingdom. And it might not look like you want it to look, but it's begun. It's the now and not yet kingdom of my Father. And from this moment forward, I, Jesus, I'm on a rescue mission to save as many people as possible. And I'm going to use you to do it. I'm going to use you to accomplish my mission. I'm going to empower you by the Holy Spirit. And millions upon millions will be saved, rescued, forgiven, set free, born again, made brand new, given eternal life, brought into my everlasting kingdom through you. So you wait in Jerusalem and wait for the power of God to clothe you. This is where I just, oh, I was getting fired up this week. This is where I love the disciples in this moment. Because even though, and this just touched my heart this week, because even though Jesus' words aren't exactly what they wanted to hear, what happens next? They actually do what Jesus asked them to do. Even with all the emotions, even with all that they longed for Jesus to do, restoring His kingdom right here, right now, even with all of that, After Jesus says, hey, wait in Jerusalem, receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and he leaves, what do they do? They do what Jesus asked them to do. They wait in Jerusalem. Church, this is such an important question. When was the last time you did what Jesus asked you to do? This is so important. Not the person to your left, not the person to your right. When was the last time you obeyed the Lord? Repeat after me. I'm a disciple of Christ. I do what he asked me to do. Verse 12, right? They returned to Jerusalem. They obeyed the Lord. When they arrive, I love verse 13, they, they go upstairs to that room where they're staying and look who's there. The people who've endured so much. They, they, again, the emotional roller coaster. They've been through so much. But, but look at them. Look, They're there. I, I'm just so proud of them for being there. I'm so proud of you for being here, for showing up. They showed up. Praise the Lord for you. I love you, but God loves you even more. Praise the Lord for you. They showed up. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew. I didn't even know there was a Bartholomew, but there he is. Matthew, James, Simon, Judas. They're there constantly in prayer. I love it. It says, along with all the women. Don't don't be a fool. It wasn't just a bunch of men. All the women were there. Mary's there. Even Jesus' brothers. They're there. They obeyed Jesus. I want to encourage you today. My heart is just... Filled with passion for you today, church. I want to encourage you as you navigate this season. Even with all the challenges and the obstacles and the emotions. Church, obey the Lord. 
Obey Jesus. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. Follow Jesus and obey His commands. And yeah, maybe it's not going how you thought it should go. But remember, you're the disciple, not the teacher. Yeah, maybe it's not how you would have planned it to go, but you're the follower, not the leader. And yeah, maybe if you were writing the book, you wouldn't have written it this way, but you're not the author of life. And this morning, I love Sunday mornings. I love it when we gather because you and I, we have this moment right here to radically put our trust in our teacher, in our leader, in the author of life. We can commit to following hard after Jesus. And we can receive that fresh infilling. The worship team talked about the whole worship set. We can receive that fresh infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? To be His witness to a hurting, broken, and dying world. You can do this, life spring. You can do this. Because here's the deal. The storm, it continued. Life didn't get easier after Jesus left. Read the Bible. But they were, this is what's amazing, they were able to do what Jesus asked them to do. And I'd say it this way. Why? Because the storm still raged raged around them, but the storm inside of them was over. That's the power of the gospel. If you don't know Jesus today and you have a storm raging inside of you, he can literally calm that storm right now, right here. That's the power of Jesus. See, though the battle raged around them, the battle inside of them had been won. Do you believe that? That because of the death of Jesus, because of the resurrection of Jesus, that you now have peace with God. The battle's over. The storm is over. You have peace with God. That's what the Bible says in Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through what? Through faith. We have, everybody say it with me, peace. Peace with God. You don't have to try to find peace. You have peace. Stop searching for peace. If you have Jesus... You have peace. You once were an enemy of God, but you've been reconciled back to the Father. You once were hostile towards Him and His kingdom, but the war is over because of Jesus' death and resurrection. You have peace with God. Has anyone in this room ever experienced that peace that only Jesus can bring? I would love to see your hands. Anybody, right? Come on. It's supernatural. It is incredible. It changes your life. He calmed the storm that was inside of you. Through Jesus, we have peace with God, the storm is over. And I love that because though the waves are still crashing around us, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Right? We have peace with God. It's a peace that the Bible says is beyond comprehension. It passes understanding. It's beyond what you can even figure out. And it's a peace that guards you. Like it, it protects you. It guards your heart. It guards your mind. Anybody else kind of needs your heart and your mind guarded by somebody somewhere? Please, somebody protect me because my mind and my heart is just getting beat up. And then he says, no, 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 no. I actually came so that you right now, not like someday, but like right here today, can have the peace that passes understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Some of you just got to claim that today. The storm is raging. Like I, I tell people a lot, it's not very encouraging, but when they tell me how hard their life is, and sometimes I just go, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. 
<laughs> wow, you're a great pastor. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but it is what it is. But I'm not going through it alone. It is what it is, but I got Jesus in my life. And I got the joy and the peace that Jesus and Jesus alone can bring. And He's going to help me through it all. So for me, as I look at the storms of our current age, and there's a few out there, as I think about all of you wonderful people trying to navigate these storms, two huge things. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. But more than that, I just want you to consider these two things. I want you to really take this seriously today. The first is this. Again, do you have peace with God on the inside? Please do not try to navigate this season without having that one figured out. If you haven't done it yet, give your life to Jesus. (laughs) Call on His name and He will silence that storm inside of you. People don't like to talk about sin and definitely don't like to talk about the devil, but Sin and devil, they want nothing more than your death and destruction. But Jesus can forgive you of all your sin, make you brand new today, and you're going to have peace with God. Please don't leave here without settling that one today. But then secondly, and I think this is really important today, this is for everybody in this room, moving forward as you go into this next week, who is the captain of your ship? I love what you said, Catherine, about struggling to let go of control. Because, yeah, all of us, right? And yet, who is the captain of your boat? In 2021, are you going to try to be the captain? Are you going to just grab the steering wheel even tighter and try to navigate that storm all by yourself? Or are you ready to let go? And let the one who made you, who loves you, who died for you, who lives inside of you, steer the boat. Church, it is time for Jesus to be the captain. I mean, maybe when nobody else is looking, just give your best Carrie Underwood impression and just cry out, Jesus, take the wheel. You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) And there's grace. All of us kind of had those moments in the last couple of years where we tried to grab the wheel, right? But in the best of ways, can we just let go today and ask Jesus to take the will? But watch out (laughs) when you give Jesus the controls. Watch out. Because sometimes, some of you aren't going to want to hear this today. Sometimes he steers you right into the middle of the storm. You know why? I mean, this is just so important that you trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Because you know why? He steers you right in the middle of the storm because it's right there in the chaos where there are so many lost and hurting and broken and dying who are in desperate need for a Savior. And out of God's great love for them, He's going to use you. He's going to use your life. He's going to use you as a lifeboat, as rescue, as a witness to save as many people as he possibly can. And again, it's all going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So the disciples, they waited in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to fall on them and to empower them. If you want to live the life that God has destined you to live, and he has created 
good works for you to do. If you want to live that life, if you want to be a beacon of light, if you want to do all the things, if you want to be a part of God's rescue plan for this world, then you got to learn how to let go and fully surrender to the Spirit of God. This is not the season, by the way, for lukewarm Christianity. Like, that thing ain't working at all. Please do not try to navigate this season with one foot in and one foot out. You, of all people, will be the most miserable. Let go and let God take control. Let God be the captain. Make that decision today. Let Him come upon you in power. To come upon you in power and help lead you through the storm. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And, you know, I've been busy for a while now. We're all busy. I get that. But since the fall of 2019, when I was asked to help the church down the road, the edge, and help with their leadership team and their services while their pastor battled cancer, man, it's been a run like I've never been on before. I'm not going to give you the list of the last two years. I I love that you talked about your list as well. I mean, there is a list of all that has happened in the last couple of years and I could only do what I've done by the grace and the power of God it's all because of Jesus Jesus he hasn't just like kind of helped me survive he has been so good to me life stream you have been so good to me the way that you encourage me with your prayer and your support and your phone calls and your text my staff I have the best staff in the world do you realize right now I know you guys don't know behind the curtain in churches all over America councils leadership teams and staff are leaving in the thousands they are leaving And I'm so proud of my team. I'm just the most amazing team in the world. But yeah, I've never walked through a season like this before. Just last night, I got home pretty late from Arkansas. I was singing at Kathy Hager's memorial service. Kathy, this incredible human being who has made such a difference in this world, and we're all going to miss so very much. In the past three weekends, I've done three memorial services in a row. A total of five in three weekends. I've never done something like that before. Next weekend, I'm doing a wedding. The Saturday after that, I'm leading worship and preaching at the Adventist church because they don't have a pastor. And in my flesh, I can't. But in Christ, I can. And not only can I, I can do it with a smile, a quickness in my step, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. I believe that, church. That's what Jesus can do. In a person's life. And I'm doing it, by the way, not like for my own, you know, personal satisfaction or something. I'm just doing it because this is what Jesus is asking me to do in this season. I'm pretty, you know, just, I don't know, just a guy with a lot of mistakes and faults and failures. But I love Jesus and I'm going to do what he asked me to do. I'd also say this, is this season sustainable long-term? Yeah, no, it's not. But in this stormy season, you need to hear this. And some of you just need to say this out loud in your own life. In this stormy season, I can and I will do what Jesus is asking me to do. Whatever you're walking through, some of you just need to say that. I can and I will do what Jesus is asking me to do. So I close with this. Again, I think the disciples, they saw Jesus raised from the dead. They're thinking, now he's going to kick out the Romans. Now he's going to restore his kingdom. And yet, we know it didn't go like they thought it would go. Instead, he says, I want you to wait and receive power from on high. And I'm sure there was a part of them that was just a little defeated, thinking, man, I can't do this. I just 
can't do this. This is never going to work. And yet, as we go through this next year through the book of Acts, we're going to see that by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you've read the book, you know the ending, right? They did it. They did it, church. They did it. And how did they do it? They did it by the power of God inside of them. And millions, if not billions of people have been saved and rescued and brought into everlasting life with God because of their faithfulness to do what God was asking them to do. And some of you, some of you right now, you're in a place where you just feel like, I can't do it. And for a thousand different reasons. For some of you, I was even talking this week, some of you, it's simply the weather, right? You're dreading the fall. You're dreading the winter. And you don't feel like you can handle another rainy season. There's a part of you that just remembers the depression and and, and there's an anxiety that rises up. You're like, I don't want to go through all of that again. Others of you, I've talked to you, it's about your job, right? Your job. You're just tired. You're just like, I could not handle another complaint at my job. And the days are long and you're just ready to quit. Others of you, it's a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. It's a house, an apartment, a car, a dog. I mean, there's just something right now that feels like too much. And you thought Jesus was going to come in. You thought he was going to calm that storm. And yet you look at the waves all around you. And there's a part of you, come on, can we just get real for a moment? There's a part of you that's screaming, I can't do this. And as your pastor, I want you to say, I just want you to hear this. It's okay to talk to the Lord sometimes that way. He is not afraid of your emotion. He made you. He's not afraid of you. But in that moment, man, I, I just see it. And this is, this, if I am worried at all, it's, it's simply this. Some of you are withdrawing right now from things that God has made you to do. You're withdrawing from things that you were called to do. Things that bring you life. You're backing away Because again, you feel like it's all too much. And here's the deal. As your friend and your pastor, I want those waves to settle down. I want good things for you. I am sick and tired of seeing you guys have to go through what you're going through. Again, I see the exhaustion. But in the midst of it all, in the middle of the storm, I want to encourage you as your pastor. Can you remember what Jesus has done for you? Remember, Jesus has already calmed the storm that was raging inside of you. Praise the Lord, you now have peace with God. But now, but now, if you can just hear what I'm saying, but now from that place of perfect peace, you can do this. The minute I said that, some of you said, no, I can't. No, you can do this. You said, no, Pastor, you don't know what I'm watching. No. I don't know what you're walking through, but the Lord does. And the Lord says today, you can do this. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can do this. Do not cower. Do not shrink back. Do not hide in the corner, but you face whatever's coming your way. Head up. Eyes up. Shoulder back. Brave. Strong. Courageous in the Lord. And not by your strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And may many people come to salvation through your witness, your testimony, right here, right now, during this season. If you want to have that fresh infilling of the Spirit, I want to pray with you. I'd like to pray over you. And if that's you, in fact, if everyone would stand. But if if you just want that 
fresh infilling of the Spirit, would you come forward? And I want to pray for you and over you. There's lots of room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it's our just an expression of our faith right now that says we know we cannot do this in our own strength and by our own power. So we need a touch from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us again. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us again. Meet with your people. You're not hiding in the corner. You are not waiting for ten steps before you come out and reveal yourself. You love to be with your kids. So just even now, Lord, see our hearts. See our hearts. See our faith, Lord. We long to be with you. We didn't come to church today just to know about you or to learn about you. We came to be with you. So inhabit the praises of your people. Be with us. Commune with us. Dwell with us. Walk alongside us. Some of you, maybe it's just a posture of putting your palms out. It's just that posture of receiving. It's, it's to say, God, I don't want to be the one in control here. I, I want to be the one who is asking you to be in control. Such a scary posture for some of us, but it's just a posture of saying, I receive. I receive. I receive. Fill me up, Lord, to do what you've asked me to do. Fill me up. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. This is such a holy moment. Church, I, I, I just want you to hear this. It's so important that you hear this in this moment. There's nothing magical that a pastor can do in this moment. This is all about your heart being open to the Lord. This is between you and the Lord. And if you're willing... He is willing. (laughs) He is so willing to fill you again. To fill you again. To equip you. To encourage you. To comfort you. To heal you. Some of you are going to walk away healed. You weren't even asking for healing. But out of the goodness of God, He's going to heal you. That's how good His presence is. Thank you, Lord. I just sensed that. Some of us are receiving a touch from you now that we didn't even ask for. It's the overflow of your goodness in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Earlier, about two minutes ago, I heard this one as well. There's someone with a relational conflict right now, and it is bringing you so much anxiety, and the Lord is saying, I am taking care of that conflict. Thank you, Jesus. I just sense that, Lord. You're going to go back into that conversation knowing that, God, is, that God, you have done a work in that other person's life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, your work is continuing in this room. I, I don't want to rush this. Just continue, Lord. Your, this is your house. This is your place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. 